it's time to expand online. Hi, I'm Jamie Slutsky, and this is the podcast where we break down the tech and strategies that successful hands-on entrepreneurs just like you use to translate their services into online products. There is no fluff. There is no overwhelm. There is no shame. Let's get to it. It's time for you to expand online. Welcome to the Expand Online Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Slutsky, and this is episode number 183. This is the second episode in our August Teacher Series, and today I have Dorla with me. She is a teacher from Texas, and she teaches group piano lessons, but what she is bringing to the podcast is how she took what she does with her students and created a program to teach other teachers how to do the same thing in their studios. I don't need to ramble on. Dorla has so much information to share with you in this episode. Be sure to listen all the way to the end. She's got some really great stuff. And as always, book a call with me. Go to callwithjamie.com and we can chat about the podcast, the series, whatever's going on in your business. I just love to get to know the audience members. So if you haven't booked your call yet, what are you waiting for? Okay, now let's get to this conversation with Dorla. Dorla, welcome to the Expand Online Podcast. I am so excited for the listeners to hear what you've been up to. I know you just wrapped up a launch not that long ago of your online program, and I just want everyone to get to know you, get to know the kind of the reason behind what you launched and how it all worked, and just feel like, yes, I can do this too. So before we get into all the stuff that you did, let's share with the audience who you are and what you teach. Well, as you said, my name is Dorla Aparicio. Uh, I'm originally from Costa Rica and I moved to United States, Texas uh, about 35 years ago. So this is I'm a Texan now, they say. <laughs> and um, I've been teaching piano here for that same amount of time as a, a private piano teacher. I mm -hmm. uh, taught in the local college also and in Fort Worth. And um, now that I'm only working here at my studio, I've always loved uh, group piano teaching. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that is what I, that's what I do. I teach piano in groups. I love it. I love it. And you've just launched a program. What I created was a, a digital course okay. to teach piano teachers how to teach group piano. Right. It doesn't have to necessarily be online. Right. Okay. It can yes. be in person or online. Yeah. Right, exactly. So you, you took it one step further with what you've already had success doing getting it to a point where other teachers can do the same. Obviously, you've had a lot of experience with the group programs. And now you're at a point where people can learn how to execute on this. And I love the fact that we're able to take what we teach and teach others to teach in our methodology, in the way that we do things, and all of that. So let's definitely get into, you know, why you felt or how you felt ready to go to the next level of teaching your, um, the teachers. Yeah. So <clears throat> um, 
group piano has always been close to my heart and it's still not as popular as I wish it would. <laughs> um, it would, uh, I think it's such a benefit for teachers to be able to manage their time uh, better yep, and to be able to serve more students that are not on the track to be uh, performers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it seems that that's mostly what we have is students that are not on the track to be performers. Um, so the more I talk about teaching in groups, I had more people asking me questions. What method do I use? How do I do it? How do I handle different things? And so that encouraged me to go ahead and and teach. Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. said, I want to reach more teachers, not just answering the the questions on Facebook, but, uh, or the emails that I get, Mm -hmm. but be able to, um, craft something that they would be able to follow and create their own program. Yeah, no, I, and I think that there is so much value in taking what we've done, what we've always done and said, how can others do the same? And I also love the fact that you've taken something that sounds so easy, you know, oh yeah, we're going to run a group music class. But the reality is that it's not always just going from one-on-one to group. And there are a lot of things that have to go in to the idea of offering this group programming that is different. I mean, I've talked about it where when what you do with one student, you can do something a little bit different with the next and with the next and the next. But when you bring all of that together, you're kind of normalizing, but you're upgrading. And that's where you get to the point of being able to teach a group where you've got male, female, young, old, different levels of different, you know, different uh, variables so that they can all feel successful. Mm -hmm. Um, I like what you said about uh, the different groups because Mm -hmm. my classes are multi-level. So I have the my groups have students from age eight to 11 mm-hmm. and then 11 to 14. And they're all uh, at different stages in their learning. So I will have somebody that will be a brand new student today mixed in with students who have been uh, taking piano for two or three years. And so, and we learn together that way, uh, playing our songs. We all play the same song, but at different levels. And so I teach everyone at the same time because I think uh, it's very important that we make music together during our class, not just, you know, pointing and typing out the notes, but actually make music together. So yeah, it works really, really, really well. Yeah. And I think that that's an interesting thing is that there is a depth to music that is, Mm. you know, you can, you can play a song. You can really play a song and you can perform a song. I mean, there are so many different levels and being able to feel as a beginner that you can be on par with somebody who was there for a year or two years before you gives you the motivation, gives that student the motivation to keep going, knowing that in two or three years, there's going to be somebody else who's going to be looking at them the same way that someone is looking at them uh, as they are looking at somebody else. Right, That happens 
all the time. Um, I remember one year I had the pianos uh, in a in rows where um, the beginners were up front, where I could be right beside them, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then the older students were not older, but the more advanced were, you know, in the third row. And I remember the conversations they would have. They would look back and and hear what they were playing, but they're playing together. Mm-hmm. But like, oh, I can't wait to make it to pianist four to be able to play it that way. And then the, you hear the more advanced students saying, I remember playing, you know, level two and wow, you know, I can see my progress. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about why you thought your program, your course was ripe for market right now. Oh, very interesting. Um, Because of the amount of teachers that are always asking questions about group piano. Mm-hmm. And there, there are many different ways to teach group piano, but um, I just wanted to go ahead and put my two cents in about how I do it uh, mm-hmm. in order to answer all these, what do we call them, pain points that teachers right. have with scheduling, with uh, students that don't practice, with um, having fun in class. You know, I wanted to address all of that. And then the address what the teachers need is, um, you know, less time repeating the same thing over and over again every day. If you have six of those kids in one class and you say it in one hour, mm-hmm. you freed up time to do so many other things that you want to do. Totally, totally. Do you think that the pandemic had something to do with all of these teachers saying, okay, I need to do group programming? Yes. Well, they're saying I need to do something different. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's many of them doing groups online, teaching piano, uh, piano groups online. And it's, it's worked really well for them, besides the the sound that we all complain about. But um, yeah, and I think also during the pandemic, we realized that we don't need to do as much as we thought we needed to do mm-hmm. in order to teach our groups or to get a group started. Right. You can have a group of four or six kids mm-hmm. and work with them for an hour. And that is a huge investment of time for these six kids, but it's not six one-hour classes. It's not six yes. one-hour lessons that you have to do every week. It's one one-hour lesson mm-hmm. and you're creating the impact and helping these students. Also, the the students get to the point where they know that they're going to show up because they've got friends in that group. They yeah. want to see the other kids yes. just as much. And whether it's online or in person or some kind of hybrid, it doesn't matter. We have the opportunity to help these kids enjoy playing the instrument mm-hmm. and getting better and having the, you know, the, the desire to get to that back row, like you said. Yeah. Well, you know, also the, the benefits of learning music in a group um, are not only music benefits, but um, there's so many intellectual skills that are going to be enhanced. Mm-hmm. Um, the students being able to work as a team is just an amazing thing, not just for music, but when they're, you know, 
playing their sports or at school or Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. later on in life. Um, The positive peer pressure. Yes. Is such a good thing. I have students that are very competitive and even though they don't show that in class, their parents tell me this is the reason they practice because they know when they come to class, if they have to play out loud, they want to make sure they know what they're doing. So all those other skills that really are not specifically for music uh, just really enhances the value of, of group piano. Absolutely. I think any time that we can help foster self-esteem and help mm-hmm. foster the ability to feel comfortable in a group setting, we're winning. Absolutely. We are winning. Do you know um, if people that are taking your course right now, if they are planning on doing online or if they're planning on doing in person or, you know, kind of what the, what the litmus test is right now sitting here in the summer of 2021? (laughs) So I have um, several teachers that are just online they're going Mm -hmm. to do their groups only online I have um teacher in Australia who has a really uh growing studio Mm -hmm. and she's you know planning to implement um the in person Mm -hmm, she's mm -hmm. not not online so there's a, a a really good combination of teachers that want to be able to do this either way Yeah, absolutely. And I think that as we are creating this next evolution of music education, we are going to see more and more opportunities to do things that are strictly online, to do things that are strictly in person, to do things that uh, cross between the online and the the in person. Mm -hmm. And I think it's wonderful. As a listener of this podcast, I know that you're not only interested in teaching music and getting, you know, other people excited about the idea of music, but also like Dorla said, if you are, have something that works so well and people are asking you about it, that's another way that you can create an impact in the music education space by teaching other music teachers as, as Dorla is, is doing. And it, it's great. I want to talk a little bit about why, um, Let's see if I can phrase this right. How to decide that your method is sound enough and Mm. full enough and rich enough for other teachers to be able to use it as the um, as the ground floor of their programs, mm-hmm. because no one's going to come and take your program and, you know, and learn how to teach these group piano lessons and not put their own spin on it. Every single person who is a music teacher is way too creative for that. So, you know, how do you know that you have enough that is a good foundation in order to um, be able to instill the confidence in someone to be able to take it and take it their own direction? So, First of all, I I practice with my students because three years ago, I had this great idea that I could teach multi-level students uh, to play the piano in a group and I could hear it in my mind, Mm -hmm. but I had to put it on paper to, and and, um, they were my guinea pigs. And so I made it work and I have quite a few students that this is the only way that they've taken piano. Mm -hmm. They don't know what it is 
to have a private lesson. So I knew there was there was something very valuable here that I could share with teachers. Um, and then because I'm a teacher at heart, mm-hmm. um, curriculum is one of the the things that I just, you know, just for fun. <laughs> so, so I was like, should I do a PhD or do my own course? What do I want to do? So I decided, well, let's do it this way and see what happens. And so um, mostly because my students have been doing well, I knew that I could, uh, if I would sit down and write down the steps, I knew it could help somebody else. Now, what I do um, with Piano Pyramid Academy, that's the name of the course, Uh my expectations are not for the teachers to follow my method. But I tell them this is a framework. And I'm going to give you all these questions for you to answer of how it will work in your studio. And then um, the music that that I write for Piano Pyramid um, will give, you know, all of this is here for you to use and you need to find the way that it works. I will show you all my videos. I will show you all the steps that I follow so that um, you can then put that into practice at your studio and create your unique program. Yeah, I love that. I love the fact that you are calling this a framework rather than a curriculum. And, you know, even though, yes, you've created your curriculum and that's what you have mm-hmm. implemented in your studio. But when we create a framework, we are creating guardrails. We are creating, yes. we don't necessarily know what's inside. I kind of think of it as a general idea. A general, you know, it's it's when you do when you do the the high level thinking of this is the trajectory that yes. I want to take this in, yes. but it can go a lot of different ways. And I think that a lot of teachers, as they are building their group programs, are going to find that every group that goes through that program is going to be different. It's going to use the same general concepts, but you may have three students who pick things up at warp speed in one group. And in the next group, you have five or you have one, or, you know, you can, you're going to have to tailor your group to the people that are there, but it's a lot easier to do that when you have a really great understanding of the guardrails of, of the Mm -hmm. construct of the way that this is going to move. You know, that is one of the the things that I see when we get together for our live class to discuss what they've been reading and the video, the mm-hmm, lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, the teachers are very, uh, very different in their backgrounds, in the what they're used to teaching, but they all want to learn how to do group piano. So um, allowing them to choose what they want their students to learn. Mm -hmm. And in the, you know, we've reviewed counting systems and we've reviewed uh, ways to teach note reading and everybody chose something different, (laughs) you know? And I think that is so valuable because in all of these different ways to do it, Mm -hmm. there's value. And we always choose what attracts us or what is comfortable for us to teach. And that has been beautiful to see the teachers, um, you know, kind of create their own uh, group piano teaching philosophy for their studio Mm -hmm. with the goals 
and the, the, the philosophies that they believe are the best for them. Yeah, I think it's so important for us to stay true to ourselves. If you are a teacher and you know that you do better working with students who have this feature or that asset or this family situation or those those different things, you don't have to remove that and open it up to everyone. You can keep those those things that you know work best for you. And I mean, like you were saying, how the group piano kind of transcends uh, just learning how to be in a group in a piano setting. I always come back to this. And I've been people who listen to the podcast, you know, I love talking about the piano teacher who teaches the kids who play soccer. I mean, like, it's just a brilliant way to, to market yourself. It's like, okay, it's one hour of piano every week. You get to talk to soccer players on opposing teams or in other parts of the country and things like that, if, depending, of course, if it's local or online. But being able to be specific um, and to have your, your studio and this program set up in a way that it attracts the right students, the people who have the right outlook and don't think of group as lesser because a lot of people, a lot of kids' parents have always thought of group programming as lesser, whereas the kids see no difference. So, you know, can we talk a little bit about the perception of group programming and how we sell that to the parents? <laughs> yes, that is one of our, our, our lessons in our modules because it, that question comes up all the time. How do I convince the parents? And so what I like to say is teachers, we need to convince ourselves first mm -hmm. that this is going to work. And then let's talk about our program and how, um, like one of the things I do is I have two different programs in my studio. So one is for fun and one is the track for either college or auditions or festivals or competitions. Mm -hmm. So I tell them this is what is required for private students. And this mm -hmm. is the commitment that you need to do at home. For the group piano, these are our goals. And just like soccer, they don't have to go home and practice mm -hmm. in order to belong to the team. I do not require my group piano students to practice. I mean, I wish they all would. <laughs> it makes it all better. But the reality is they're in so many other activities that they don't. So I do not want the parents to be arguing and fighting with the kids about practicing piano. I want them to be happy to come to piano. We'll do all the learning here. And then I need it to be the learning that they're going to remember that it's practical so that wherever they go, they'll be able to use those skills. So I talk about it that way to the parents and, um, and then I don't offer private lessons at all at my studio, but um, you know, it's been, it's been a, a journey mm -hmm. and now my, the parents that come to me are, it's already a given that it's going to be a group lesson, but it was, it was difficult at the beginning. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's okay for it to be difficult. It's just a matter of, like you said, own it, 
feel yes. confident in it for yourself. Know how much more you're going to be able to give to these students because they're not the sixth student of the day. I mean, like, think about it that way. How much of a benefit is it to these students for them to be in this program and to get you the way that you teach best in, in that <laughs> setting? Let's real quick, before we wrap things up, let's make sure that we talk about some of the, the not so pretty things about the online space and how that is, it, it is harder to teach a group program in online space because you can't play together. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, the technology is getting better, but there's always going to be lag. There's always going to be somebody who doesn't have as strong an internet connection and will be lagging behind. Um, so have you talked with your, you know, with your students in your course or with your, your families and, you know, if you're teaching it, um, online about, the the ways to overcome the the lag and and the fact that they're sitting at home versus in your studio. Mm -hmm. So the biggest complaint uh, when we had to all go online mm -hmm. was from the students wanting to be here, you mm -hmm. know, with their friends, and um, that was it. The not being able to play together. Um, it was not, I never had uh, anyone say anything about that. I was the one really complaining about it. And, you know, we worked around it and I just, just made it work. Mm -hmm. um, but the parents were very supportive. Uh, but at the same time, they were very happy to come back to the studio. Everybody took it as something that was just temporary. Mm -hmm. So I have not done anything else beyond that. I do have students um, in other states and students that are uh, compromised medically that can still cannot come and we continue online and the difference is that it's a private lesson so mm -hmm. we don't have the problem of we can't play together but that's not an issue I see I love the fact that you're that you said that it was your perception it was something that you were worried about. The kids, they were like, I just want to see my friends. I just want to do this. Yeah. Like that was their motivation. Because again, you're not working with the students who are trying to get into the college programs or to go right. to the festivals or to do those things. So understanding who your audience is, understanding who your students are and mm -hmm. their driving force will help you to create the group environment where, where things can happen in a way that they need to happen. If you were working with those students and in an online space who were trying to get into those, um, into those advanced programs, then you may choose to have a little bit more of a showcase, like, you know, that you'd have your lessons and then you'd have a showcase where everybody had a chance to perform mm -hmm. and, and be able to give critiques and, you know, and, and all of that. So, because you know your students, you know why they're there and what it matters, what matters to them and what your goals are for the program. It's less about the music that gets created and more about the creating music together. Right. Perfect. Perfectly <laughs> said. Um, when we were online, that was the beauty of it, that we could still get together mm -hmm. and see each other 
and talk about our music and most of my kids are are young students you know mm -hmm. ages four to 14 so you know that's a totally different than students that are high schoolers or college students and so you know you have the discipline and they want to do all kinds of stuff on zoom and I can't hear you and some most of them are on the phone uh -huh. uh, instead so all those things and it was frustrating for me because it, of course it was all new but I could I knew that this was a special time uh -huh. that the parents were respecting and the students were excited about us getting together to make our music together Yes, and that's so important. And for anybody who is sitting here saying, I want to do online group piano lessons or whatever lessons it is now and well into the future. And I don't ever want to be running an in-person, you know, your your thoughts, the way that things are going through in your mind are going to be different than the way that Dorla had things because she knew that this was this was temporary and the families knew that this was temporary. But that doesn't mean that you cannot create an environment where people are excited to do the online learning and where the kids are able to be like, okay, yeah, it's time for my piano lessons. Mm -hmm. Yes, the um, now that I hear you say that, I, I think of so many benefits of, of teaching online. Um, one of them was I did not have to clean my studio <laughs> for a long time because I was the only one here. Yes. Um, you know, I was able to uh, explore different ways to explain things to the students online. Um, I could uh, show them, you know, videos and things that I had right here at my fingertips. Mm -hmm. um, I could play music for them. Uh, we could still dance together. Um, being able to use um, the different software that you can use to show them the keys on the piano. Right. You know, all of those things that are, you need to do it with paper and, and cutouts and all that crafty stuff that, <laughs> that sometimes we like to do that I don't like to do. And I found that doing it online was so cool because I had everything there at hand and the kids love it. Yes, I, I think that that is absolutely perfect. So I want to start wrapping things up by, you know, just having you share with us a couple of, you know, inspiration. Like if, you, if someone's sitting here listening, saying, okay, Dorla, you've convinced me I can teach piano or whatever instrument online group what what inspiration what other motivators can you tell them where that now is the right time to go for it it is the right time to go <laughs> for it um because we we're still living in this pandemic and people need things to do but also as a teacher um this will make you grow and um you know doing things that are new are always you know a little scary, but once you do this the first time, start with just having a party. Just get together with your students once a month. Mm -hmm. Just have the party online, okay? Then next month, uh, do it twice and maybe do a performance class and a party. Then next time, just do a game and get the students and yourself comfortable. If it's a party, the technical stuff will not be as scary for you mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. you're all there just having fun. 
But once you get comfortable doing it, just keep going, keep going. And, you know, in a year, if you've taken all these little steps, you'll be ready to stay online and you can do it. You can definitely do it. That is inspiration. I think that that is exactly where we need to wrap things up. Dorla, thank you so much for hanging out with me. If people want to connect with you, where is the best place for them to do that? Well, they can always email me at Dorla, D-O-R-L-A, at MissDorla.com. Or they can find me on Facebook. Um, We have a group, uh, Let's Talk Group Piano. And um, yeah, we have a lot of amazing conversations and it's all about group piano. I love it. I love it. We'll have those linked up in the show notes. And Dorla, thank you again so much for coming and hanging out with me in this summer series, all about what we are doing now that we're, you know, at this point through the pandemic and how music um, education has evolved. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure to talk about group piano.